Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Well, hello, Jillian. (laughs) Hello, Mary. (laughs) You're usually the one to say that. my hair. I know. The camera caught you. (laughs) It's okay. Exactly. It's totally okay. You know, it, it, it does take a little bit of effort now that we're being recorded uh, with a video, but honestly, the all, really all I did was I put on some eyebrows. <laughs> That's about it. So. Well, good for you. Now everyone's um, going to be curious. Well, my little listening. vanity lights decided not to work today, so... Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> Listen, I was reading on uh, Twitter today something very funny because uh, when we're recording this, the clocks have just changed, right? Yeah. And people were like sharing their mess of mm. the clock changing. One woman opened her dryer to find that a um, number two poop Oh no, I was wondering, uh, number two from one of her kids, you know, a <gasps> diaper may have inadvertently got into the dryer. Oh my gosh. With the load. So not only was the dryer full of number two, but all the <laughs> nice dry clothes for the kids to put on for school were full of number no, two. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. You know? And so I think a lot of people are experiencing like, seasonal jet lag with the time change. <laughs> you know, it's funny because my body does feel weird. It's only an hour, but it just feel kind of off. I know. Yeah. Well, my brain feels a little fuzzy. Sunlight and all that Maybe. stuff, you know, and I think it's all to do, as my sister would say, the Tisha Pishin, like, you know, it's coming, you know, it's going to be like dark by like five o'clock mm-hmm. and you just know it. So you're sort of bracing for it. Yeah. So there's all kinds of energy being stored in your body to sort of fight it, but you can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yes. Well, so if thank, you've had a rough the, morning, if yeah. you've had a rough morning and you've, you know, did something weird, just blame it on time, time change. change. That's right. Thank you so much for the poop story. I feel so much better today. <laughs> <laughs> That that didn't happen to you. That didn't happen to me. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, I was reading an article this morning. Actually, I was getting kind of fired up about it because it was talking about um, high functioning anxiety. Have you heard that oh. term? Because I, I have now. Okay. Well, given that our last episode was talking about uh, anxiety uh, and how that drives our performance. So there's this thing that as now it's not a, it's not a DSM legal like formal term, but it's a term that's going out there. And I see the point of it because it is true. Uh, many people who have this high functioning anxiety, you you would never tell they're anxious because they're just such high performers. But right. really, what's driving them is anxiety. Well, we the reason why I was getting um, upset was it was almost like making it a positive thing that this is a good thing to do because it's high functioning. So we want to be high functioning, anxious people. I'm like, no, 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 let's call it what it is. It's anxiety. Well, the other thing is if you have a high functioning anxiety, 
Yeah. At some point you're going to have a high functioning crash. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Cause you're, if you're running on anxiety, you're running on adrenaline, you're running on the not enoughs and I got to do more and perfectionism and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I'm not, I'm not trying to shame people who may use the term. I'm just saying that if that is used to reinforce that behavior as if it's a good thing and it doesn't get you to address the underlying anxiety that causes you to do that. And also if you're getting affirmed by your boss or your parents or your school for that, please people let's stop doing that. This, we can't keep driving at this pace. No, no, no. So anyway, so on, on the heels of that, I wish I remembered the company because I will not give them due justice. Uh, but I was listening to an interview on Friday and it was talking about a company that since 2016 put in a no fly zone around emails. Mm. So you cannot uh, send an email prior to 7 a.m. Wow. And after 7 p.m. Wow. So. In the workday of, you know, 12 hours, you can send emails, mm-hmm. but you cannot expect if you send an email at 6.58 for anyone to respond to it until after 7 a.m. the next day. Yeah, which is already and a long day. And it was a way to stop this. 12 hours is already a long day, frankly. It is a long day. <laughs> yes. But, but I mean, it's a global world now too, right? Yeah, true. That's true. But yeah. it was just a way of like stopping some of this ridiculous behavior. Mm. I agree. So forget it. So yes, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I definitely struggle with high functioning anxiety. I've now come to realize it. Get so firm for it. Anyway, I digress, but it actually is part of what I've been chewing on uh, and why I want to talk about this topic, thinking outside the box. Okay. Because like hang in there with me because maybe loose. I'm hanging. Well, it started because I, I was just thinking about I was uh, um coaching with a young woman who was like a incredible woman. Like she has so much to offer. And yet she was exhausted. She was burnt out. She was barely hanging in there. She had to take some time off. And as she and I talked, what we started to realize was happening was because of the sheer amount of effort she had to to exert to present herself in a box in a certain way expectations because of her gender uh, because of her culture uh, because of her youth uh, because of her being christian on top of that so that's kind of where the segue is for me where i've been thinking about how much of our life do we spend trying to keep ourselves in that box because we're wanting to be accepted. We want to have a sense of fitting in. We talked about that in previous episode. And if we were to like break free of that thinking and kind of be okay and actually embrace being unique and different outside the box, how great would that be? So that's kind of where I've been saying to you, I I want to talk about this. So first of all, I find it, I I just, my heart breaks for her because that's exhausting. mm Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I have this vision of her like trying to hold that all together. And what has she got left for herself exactly. or any of her most vital, intimate relationships if that's the pace that she's at? Mm-hmm. Well, it was so effective in 
her presenting herself a certain way that when we did the Enneagram, she came out a, a number different than what she expected. Mm-hmm. And when she shared it with her friends and coworkers, they're like, that's not you, you're the box. And I thought, oh, isn't that interesting? And she yep. actually redid the test twice because she was for sure, sure that it was wrong. But the more we talked about it, the more she realized, oh my gosh, I've been working my whole life trying to fit in this box that I've placed myself in. And that's why I'm exhausted. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm glad she's finding out now because you just said she's a young woman. Mm-hmm. And, but it makes me sad that her whole life has been geared towards that. Right. Boy, what kind of emotions would that have brought up for her? Mm-hmm. Like being in that space to go, whoa, mm-hmm. this is what the, my friends are telling me, this is how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Big disconnect here. What's going on? Right. Right. And so then I think about, I try to picture as a little girl and I try to picture ourselves as a little kid, our desire is we, for survival. We need to be loved and cared for. So we very quickly learn this is the way we're supposed to behave. This is what is considered good behavior. This is me being a good girl. And so we get lots and lots of information and it may not be accurate, but it's the information we're getting. And so we then begin to do those things and it works for us because it gets us the care or the affirmation or the approval or whatever it is that we're trying to seek. And then it becomes like so much a part of our identity that we don't even realize that we're in a box. So there's a great, great quote, and I probably totally misquote him, but um, uh, what's the dude's name who does the Enneagram? He's uh, uh, Ross Hudson. And he says, he talks about the Enneagram, not because people say, oh, I don't want to be put in a box. He says, oh, no, no, no. The Enneagram doesn't put you in a box. It just shows you which box you're in so that you can break free from it. So this is the whole thing I want to talk about is what boxes have we put ourselves in or let ourselves be put in? Oh my goodness. So what kind of boxes you just kind of quickly off the top of your head, what kind of box have you placed yourself in or allowed yourself to be placed in? Um, oh boy. Just talking about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, the, um, I'm the jackrabbit. The jackrabbit. Whoa. <laughs> the jackrabbit. No, like it's it's interesting because one of the boxes I'm in right now in my own home mm. is the jackrabbit. I kind of know where everything is. I spring into action. Mm. Uh, if I see something that needs to get done, I kind of do it. And it's like I have become the jackrabbit. Okay. So you so are this was a big constant conversation motion. yesterday over lunch. So did you decide you were a jackrabbit or did somebody put you there or how did that happen? Uh, I assumed the jackrabbit role huh? by default, because remember, as an Enneagram 8, I like to control things. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so if something's taking too long getting done, right? Right. Well, jackrabbit just does it. Right. Oh, so jackrabbit is just another nickname for overfunctioning. True. <laughs> Just a little I cuter mean, I, sounding. I'm just going to put a cute little pair of ears on it because okay. it sounds so much more pleasant. Okay. So the next time you record, I want to see you wearing ears. Okay. Oh, <laughs> done. <laughs> done. Yeah. So, so like, like, like there already is a, a box you put yourself. I mean, I think that is a great question to ask yourself. The other thing is 
I think the world forces us into boxes because, um, you know, part of it is, are you in or are you out? Remember, we've talked about this before. Our yep. brain tries to recognize, are you friend or foe? That's so right. friend must look a certain way and foe must look another way. And systems upon systems, I mean, that's this whole thing about systemic racism and systemic whatever systemic is because of these boxes that are created based on typically privileged people who say that this is the way it ought to be. So where I get really fired up, um, you know, I do assessments, psychoeducational assessments where I have the, I mean, I love meeting with the kids. Well, you know, we use, we talk about the term learning disability. So I will assess for learning disabilities or ADHD or people on the spectrum, um, autism spectrum. And I spend so much time trying to help their parents see that, yes, learning disability is sort of like a legal term because it helps you get the accommodations that your child needs in school, but really it's a learning difference. And so what I'm finding is beautiful is that more and more people who uh, think differently, instead of calling themselves disabled, they're calling themselves neurodiverse. Don't you love it? I love it. So people who are on the spectrum are now calling themselves neurodiverse, whereas the rest of us are neurotypicals, which sounds kind of boring. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But like we are wired so differently, but the system is wired for those kids who learn verbally, who can sit still, who can pay attention, uh, who can read. Well, Many and most kids don't actually learn that way. But why is the system not changing to accommodate uh, other than calling these kids having learning disabilities so that they get the, the, the proper way of being taught? So the world itself creates these boxes. It does. And, uh, and the pressure when you're a little kid mm. to fit in the box because clearly everybody is telling you that box is the best box. Right. That exactly. box is the desirable box. Right. Uh, the kids are being get, marked on it too. Like, how do you fit yeah. in this box is the mark you're going to get. That's right. So that is really, really tough. Um, I know he won't mind me sharing this story, but when my son was in grade five, mm. uh, we got this report, you know, of home from the teacher that Kellen wasn't doing very well. He was um, daydreaming, Hmm. um, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we're like, okay, well, how do we help? So I'll tell you the box that he got put in that year. Mm. Um, I think the teacher was convinced he had ADD or ADHD. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing was the environment that he was in was a gong show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Educator, I'm, I'm, I'm not slamming you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a gong show of an environment. Mm-hmm. He was in a portable. There were hamsters. Uh, there were fish tanks. Yeah. There was a fan going all the time. There were too many kids in the class. Mm-hmm. Uh, the class had been built for a male teacher who unfortunately uh, was diagnosed with cancer. So couldn't, couldn't come and was replaced with a teacher who had a very, very soft voice, Mm. very ultra soft. Mm -hmm. And so the kids couldn't hear her. Right. So he just tuned out. Yeah. Well, it turned out that he didn't have ADD or ADHD. He had something called auditory processing disorder, Mm -hmm. which meant that his brain was trying to figure out 
I'm getting sounds from the hamsters, the fish tank, the fans, the teacher who has too soft a voice, the kids talking around me, the pencil sharpener, and my brain, which is not very developed at the moment, right. trying to tell me all these sounds are so important. I should pay attention to all of all them. of them. Exactly. Yeah. And so he was exhausting himself. His brain mm-hmm. was overloaded. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he does to this day is when he is doing something that requires full attention, like a essay or something like that, he'll put on headphones and right. listen to classical music and it disrupts everything else around him. And then he can focus. Right. Perfect. Yeah. That's what I mean. Because the learning environment was not created for the way Kellen learns and That's therefore right. he got dinged for it or he was not performing well, which what do you think it does to a child's self-esteem? And, like honestly, and you see what the fallout would have been mm-hmm. had we not taken the appropriate steps to have him tested. Yes. And, you know, all the information that we could gather to help him. That's right. So this definition of neurodiversity is the concept that differences in brain functioning within the human population are normal. And that brain functioning that is not neurotypical should not be stigmatized. That's right. And so there, there, now, now, you know, I'm not saying that there aren't true, uh, learning challenges, uh, ADHD, you know, being on the spectrum, ASD does come with some amazing gifts, but it also comes with some challenges. Uh, So there are things that can involve, um, like I said, challenges. But I think if instead of considering a sort of a medical or a deficit-based model, and it's more of a social model of disability. So it's like the environment hasn't adapted to adjust for all the various differences that we have. Right. Yeah. Then then it, it helps us to kind of think about like as a society, what can we do to embrace people who are different and to um, help them see that the beauty that they have and are uh, in their differences? Yeah. And I think that that carries over into so many arenas of life. It's not just the typical classroom, mm-hmm. but it's any place where uh, we have people together. Right. Are we understanding the neurodiversity in the room mm-hmm. that we can be inclusive? Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, here's a tough question. Like, where have we stigmatized other people because they're different? Yeah. And I, if I'm honest with myself, I have. Like, I um, like to... Um, sit and read and I learn a lot by reading and and the stillness of it I can like judge other people who don't want to sit and read like how can you not read I mean I'm just giving a really silly example but like that's something that already I'm judging people because of the different ways that they um so that's that's a tough question right there but you know given that this is also about self-development I want to ask our listeners and our viewers to ask again back to this whole you know in the box what boxes have you put yourself in uh you know and we've talked about this last season about the whole thing about finding our voice Mm -hmm. and um you know what does that look like we've talked about you know Jen Hatmaker uses mega um meta meta I can't remember all the terms, but just like, again, like what boxes have you put yourself in and what boxes have you allowed yourself to be put in? And then here's another one. 
because this is, change is always about intentionality. When I'm on automatic pilot, <laughs> which happens too much of the time, and I'm not being intentional about the reactions or responses that I have, what box am I operating out of? I I think I need you to unpack that a little bit because I I'm trying to understand what you're asking there, but say it again. Okay. Uh, more concretely, if I'm not thinking about it and I'm just living life and responding to it, what box am I operating out of? So for me, the Enneagram is a good one because if I'm not thinking about it, then I'm tuning into the needs of others and I'm uh, trying to please them. I'm trying to smooth everything over. I'm helping people and giving them advice. So (laughs) yesterday, um, Cam's doing some work that's causing him some stress. And uh, so Peter and I, so he wanted to call and chat with us and he really just wanted empathy. Well, we couldn't help ourselves. We were being parents. So we're telling him, trying to fix it all for him. So again, as a two, as a parent, can I just stop giving advice? Uh, so again, when I wasn't being intentional, that's what happened. So that's right back to you. So what, when you're an automatic pilot, what would be your box that you're operating out of? Well, uh, it is the jackrabbit box. I'm okay. realizing that. <laughs> okay. So no, seriously, I, yeah. I don't need to minimize it. But um, so if the things around me um, are, are not being controlled to my liking, mm-hmm. I jump in and control them. Mm. That's the jackrabbit box. That's the box that I put myself in. Uh, Control it, manage it, fix it. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, if somebody uh, in my household needs to do the laundry, and I don't over-function like this all the time, but but if I see it sitting there, and I'll finally just throw it in the washing machine. Gotcha. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or clean Uh, up the dishes that were left there. And I'm thinking Mm -hmm. I'm helping them, but I'm not helping them. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, and I'm taking on stuff that I don't need to take on. And then it frustrates me. Of course. Of course. There you go. And then it probably puts some, uh, walls up between myself and that other person that they Mm -hmm. haven't done it on my timeline, but really, Mm -hmm. am I really just saying that's my timeline or I looking to them to go, what's going on in their life that they haven't done it yet? Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, are, yes. am, I, am I respecting their timelines? Am mm-hmm. I respecting that their energy level is different than my energy level and their way right. of managing their life is different than my way of managing my life? Right. And I know I'm preaching to so many women out there as I say that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that goes back to how are we judging others and yeah. putting them in a box? Yeah. Am I judging that person by saying they're lazy mm-hmm. because they're, or they're sloppy because they haven't done it on my timeline right. rather than careless, busy with other things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how about this? What box have you put yourself in or been allowed to, you know, or put your, somebody has put you in that is affecting your confidence and your calling? Oh gosh. I know. I'm sorry. I pull these on Jillian all the time. <laughs> she said she wasn't going to do this either. I even sent her a text saying, I'm not up for this. Yeah. <laughs> she said uh, Stella's on strike or something. <laughs> Stella, Stella, yeah, I did. Well, I didn't say on strike. Maybe I did. I said yeah. Stella's on strike. Why are you doing this to me? Okay. I don't know. I, I, you don't have to answer it. Okay, I'm, okay. Turn it around on you. Yeah. Well, that is like, um, As you can tell, I talk, but I I talk too often in a way that's pleasing as a, as opposed to maybe what's speaking, what's true or what I believe to be true. So I'm not nearly as direct as I could be. 
So the box I've put myself in is to be nice, to be kind. No, really, it's the nice box. Yeah. And don't cause conflict box. And so sometimes I don't speak up as directly as I should. Right. So it does hold me back because I do feel like there's some really important messages that I want to get out there. But then if I'm softening it so much, then it doesn't get out there. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Let me think about my box because you've taken me off guard and I want to, I certainly want to give it the space that it needs, but I need to think about it probably longer than this podcast would last. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you know, I'll come back to you though. I, I promise I'll come back to our listeners okay. about that. Okay, good. And I do put it out there because I'm asking our listeners to think about the same thing. So, yeah. you know, we talk about moving forward to your calling or to the next thing or that that um, dream that you have, what's holding you back, and it could be a box. So it, you have to identify the box so that you can take the lid off the box. Right. Yeah. So, I, I will say just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I do think one of the boxes that I am, I'm in, but I don't think I'm in Mm -hmm. is the age box. Ah, okay. Tell me more. um, So women, my age, Mm -hmm. uh, we, there is a thing Mm -hmm. that we tend to defer to Mm -hmm. younger we tend to forget how much wisdom and life experience we have, or we kind of shut it down because mm-hmm. we don't want to be, I told you so, or that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's an age box that I'm, I'm kind of, I've got a couple of body pieces in. Yeah. Not fully, mm-hmm. but I think that's one that if I'm not careful, mm-hmm. um, I could be in the box and mm-hmm. just stop trying. Right. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah, totally. See, like once you start down this road, there's a lot of boxes that we could think about. Oh, um, boxes and layers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, Yikes. The other thing too that I wanted to uh, mention is that science shows that, you know, our thinking is very much a social activity. So how we think our opinions is very, very influenced by the groups that we're in. Oh, yeah. So if you think about that, again, that need to belong is such a strong driver for us that it shapes the way we think about things. It just shapes our perspective on things. And so that we ultimately end up in a box. So here I'll give you a a very concrete example in my life. So I grew up with a a very, um, several generations of Christians, uh, went to Christian school, did that whole thing. And then, um, uh, kind of walked away from God. And then when I came back to God in my early twenties, I wanted to be super Christian. So super Christian in those days was as a female to be mild mannered, to be gentle, uh, to not get angry, to serve on a thousand different committees. I mean, those were boxes that I was a part of. And my desire, I, I realize now how much of it was driven by my longing to belong and how yeah. I got myself into that place. So that's yeah. just an example. And so it is a social thing. And even my belief about how, uh, how a woman's supposed to act was based on the group that I was belonging to and what I was being taught at that time and what led to what I perceived to be acceptance versus what might lead me to being rejected. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I I get that. And I remember, I mean, I'm a little bit older than you are, but I remember one of our local universities, which was a college at the time, uh, which is kind of famous in the Christian world, mm-hmm. um, was called the Ontario Bridal College because young, yes. sweet Christian women went there to find a good Christian guy. Yeah. Uh, not for aspirations for careers. No. Uh, not for their voices to be heard. Yeah. But to marry a good Christian boy. Exactly. Right. Uh, yeah. That was a huge box. Like that was, you know, where a lot of people I know mm-hmm. went and for that purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's so sad. Like they didn't go to pursue education. I hope that they got a good one and they went on and pursued other things, but it was, that was the box. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the question. Um, you know, we all have boxes that we've put ourselves in or our background, or our history has put us in, and it could be gender. It could be race. It could be education, it, lots and lots of boxes. So the question for our uh, listeners and our viewers is to think about all of that. So what circles have you been a part of? You know, like, uh, think about it. Is it family circle? Is it church circle? Is it community circle? And think about those circles. And in each of those circles, what are the beliefs, the behaviors, and the ideology? Like, what is it as you think about it that is expected of you to be able to stay? So just coaching a young lady, she's heading back home to her family. She's going back into that box. And we had to talk about what does that mean for her? Because there was a very sort of conservative expectations around what that box is. So think about your family, think about your workplace, think about your church, uh, Think about the soccer crew, whoever, just think about your neighborhood, your neighborhood, your neighbors. Like there's lots of boxes and who are you in each of those boxes? I think that's that's a fascinating question. Oh my Uh goodness. Yes. And then fascinating. And then when you think about the norms, that's what we're calling them. Like essentially the beliefs, behaviors, ideology of the norms, who's the one, who are the authority figures that shapes the norms? Is it your parents? Is it your boss? Is it the pastor? Yeah. And just... You know, think about that. Chart it out, all these circles that you're part of and what those boxes look like for you. This is a very big project. It is, but I think, and it's going to take time because I'm only identifying these circles and these boxes even as I'm talking. But I think it's worthwhile because it's so shaped the way I think and react that if I don't know it, then that's a problem. Okay. Well, so, I'm going to work on this. And it can sounds I, can daunting. I, can I also add though that in those yeah. circles, there are also really healthy circles too, hopefully. Yes. So the circles where you feel most seen, most known, where you can be yourself fully, that's also part of it too. Sounds yeah. good. And it actually might help you do some healthy pruning mm. where Ooh. when you see it, you yeah. go, you know what? I'm done with that. Like mm-hmm. I can prune that. I can get rid of that box. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't need that box anymore. Yeah. Whoa. That sounds good. So, you know, listeners, viewers, join us as we talk about these circles. I'm calling them circles and boxes. They're circles that we're a part of, but these circles put us in a box and we're all about removing the lids from these boxes. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to future conversations about this because this is a big one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Okay. Thanks, Mary. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. 
Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.